Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Fully Vaccinated Johnson in D.C. And today, guess who's back? Steph Walton. So excited. You know, Steph and I are friends off of this podcast. We talk all the time. So some of the stuff that we talk about is political, but mostly we're just two friends talking. That's basically what we're doing. So before we get into the show, I do try to keep these intros short. I have a tier on Patreon, though, that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, and I'm so grateful. If you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page, check out some of my past guests. Most of the time, I talk to political people. Sometimes I talk to actors because I used to be one. But just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. I do two free shows a week on Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by the What's Up show, which is just me alone talking about whatever I feel like, kind of like an online diary. I also do one patrons-only show with a guest once a month. Just check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that makes it easy to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber it's free and while you're there if you like the show please rate it and leave a review i would really appreciate it now please enjoy my conversation with steph walton welcome back to the show stephanie <laughs> Yay! oh my gosh it's oh my been so long be here. <laughs> um well first of all i just have to say that over I and mean, we've talked since then but i think it was like over the holidays I got a text message from Stephanie Miller and she said, who's Steph? Because she was Ooh. listening to our show and, oh. and she's like, she's so cool. She's so cool. And she's so funny. And it was right after that. She asked if I would be part of the, you know, sexy liberal podcast network. And, okay. you know, it was so funny because obviously she had been listening to my show to determine whether or not she wanted to invite me. And she was really impressed with you. So I just wanted to let you know. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Ooh, that makes me feel sassy <laughs> and it should oh my god she's so freaking funny so how have you been how's your new job what's going on oh my and of god. course i already know the answer to these questions but the listeners don't <laughs> i know it's funny you're like i think we you know because we still talk and it's like we yes, still of talk course. jesus yeah. god i mean i, I it, it's just it's hysterical to me that i mean covid is one thing right and and we've had to We've developed relationships. Some of us have started new jobs in COVID, mm -hmm. and we've learned how to sort of adjust to this new normal. I've got mm -hmm. the air quotes going right now on, <laughs> for anybody who's trying to get a visual. Um, but like you and I developed a relationship. What people sometimes, people who know us and who mm -hmm. used to listen to us on a regular basis, mm -hmm. maybe don't realize is that we've only ever met in person twice I know. <laughs> and like I, know. I consider you one of my closest yes. friends isn't that a riot yeah that that is it's interesting because and I'm not going to say who it is but this person is a conservative uh was making the argument that you can't really be f okay I think it started because somebody went to their high school reunion and they were talking about going to their high school reunion and then somehow meeting up with someone there that they didn't really know very well in high school and then I, th I don't remember exactly the story, but let's just say the, the gist of it was the majority of their contact was probably like online because maybe this person traveled, you know, 
they moved since high school and they traveled back to go to their high school reunion and then they found this person that they knew in high school but weren't friends with and then developed this friendship and so the conservative person was arguing that you that you really can't be friends with someone and you know I chimed in and I'm like well you know what no I know this woman I said I've met her in person and she's you know I explained who you were and I said he, he's like do you think that if um, you were in a situation where you needed a couple hundred dollars really fast, you would be there. I'm like, hell yes. I said, I would be mm-hmm. there for her. If, if I had the money and, and she needed that help, I would be there for her. And I know she would be, he's like, you don't know that. I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> like I know oh, it for sure. I mean, if you didn't for have the sure. money, that would be one thing, but if you had it and I needed help, I know you would be like, here, let me help you. And vice versa. So it's like, it's funny that even though, but you know, I just want to say, there was a friend that I used to have and we met, we would, we were fragrance models. We would work for the perfume company and we would travel to the stores and we would work for the one fragrance line. And so I remember I said to her one time, like I, I worked with her for a while and then, you know, I, with fragrance jobs, they're usually seasonal. So I didn't see her and I stopped into a department store one day when I was shopping and I saw her and I made a comment like, you know, hey, here's my phone number. If you, I like to talk on the phone if you like to talk. So uh, it turned out really funny because we didn't live very far from each other. I mean, maybe a half an hour drive, but the majority of our friendship was over the phone. And, mm-hmm. and, and she would always laugh at the fact, you know, remembering saying, you know, if you like to talk on the phone, because that's pretty much all we ever fucking did. And I considered to, her to be my best friend until she turned out to be a psycho. But <laughs> but she was my best. <laughs> she was. And I do miss her. And I gave her two tries, man. Like we we were friends for a certain amount of years. And then I got her this job with the company that I worked for. And it's such a long story that I won't go into it. But long, long story short, I knew this position was a stupid waste of time. It was my customers, because I was outside sales, my boss wanted to split my territory because he thought he could grow it. But the kind of stuff that I sold, it was it's not the same as selling. It was giftware. So like if you're on Main Street and you've got four gift stores, you only there's only going to be like one or two gift stores that sell your shit because they don't want to sell the same shit. And so I knew this wasn't going to work. And I told her this is practically free money you don't have to work very hard but it's not going to last very long and then when she finally wound up getting fired by no fault of her own because my boss was an idiot and made a stupid choice doing this she got mad at me and she acted like it was all my fucking fault and here I got her this job where she was making this was like in 2003 and I think she was making about $2,700 a month which is not a lot of money but for the very such a little very small amount of work she had to do it was, you know, a lot of money for almost fucking nothing. And then so our friendship ended because she just got so angry with me and she was so resentful. And then years later, we we uh, started a friendship up again. And then my book, The Virgin Diaries, came out and I, she was very jealous and she would try to undermine my confidence. And after it was like it was a couple, I don't know, about a month and there were just things that she would say and this and that. And eventually I just stopped calling her and then she stopped calling me and that was it. So, but that's not what I anticipate with you because you're nothing like her. <laughs> no, no, we, we, you and I, that's just, we, we, we would have passed that, yes. that milestone in our relationship ages ago. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you're a different it's personality. Like- you're, you're not a jealous type. I mean, we can all be petty. We can all be, have our jealousies, but you don't. You know, like I can be jealous of someone, but still want something good for them. 
You know what I mean? Like I can be envious sure. of what they may have, but think, oh, good for you. Where she would just like eat her heart out at, she used to look at this um, friend that she had in high school who owned a jet and she was, she desperately wanted to be wealthy. And so she would get so jealous of her friend and, and like think negative things. It's like, well, that's her path. Why do you fucking care? But whatever. Oh my so, God. Uh, <laughs> she'd I like mean, make herself night, sick. I, you know what I did? We, I, I was on a, I took a flight yesterday, um, which is a whole, we can go into that experience, <laughs> no, yeah, right? That, yeah. I mean, oh my God. I was, I was impressed in California. I'm just going to digress for one sec. Um, people wore their masks. In the air. I saw yeah. one guy without a mask and immediately I started like throwing knives at him with my mind. <laughs> but for the most part, people, I mean, on the plane, everybody adhered, mm -hmm. everyone. Um, but it's, it's kind of scary, uh, being out there again yeah but um but my point back to being jealous like i grabbed a couple of magazines um in the gift shop and you know some doritos and some other stuff for my my kid and was sitting there and we were traveling with my my girlfriend and her daughter who was my daughter's best friend and so the four of us were there and i got an entertainment weekly because ted lasso was on the cover jason sudeikis <laughs> and i'm in love and then i got a people i haven't bought a people magazine i don't i don't know if, if it's been decades since yeah, I bought a yeah. People magazine or a decade, it could be a decade, but Jennifer Aniston was on the cover and I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, she's somebody who uh, I never really liked all that much before. And then as she's gotten older and has done so, so gracefully, and, and I've listened to some interviews with her over the last couple of years and I'm like, you know, I dig this woman and sure, I'm, I, I wish I looked like her because <laughs> I'm only a couple years older than her but instead I've decided I'm inspired by her and I want to just hear what like motivates her and stuff like that that is a complete psychic change for me wow like honestly I, I because before I would be like that bitch is so gorgeous and what the hell and da 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 but instead I'm like you know I I I look at her like we're just different our, mm -hmm. our lives are different um, uh, I'm not, I'm not jealous of her. I, I admire her, I don't know, her ability to stay true to whatever sort of fitness plan and mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like, you know what? No, I, I wish certainly that I could, um, look like that in a pair of yoga pants no and a half top, but I don't. Yeah. And, and I've got other things though, that maybe she might find inspiring or whatever. I'm just, right. I'm not going to waste my time yeah. with that bullshit. I can't. Yeah. I can't, I want, I want what's best for, for people. Literally. Like I want what's best for people. Yeah. I want, cause it's just, it's too, um, I don't know. I don't want to waste my time and fill my, my brain and my heart and my soul with negativity. This has been such a shitty 18 mm -hmm. months. How long have we been in this? Yes, it's been. I about... sometimes add a couple of months to it. So I don't know. Is it, has it been 16 solid months of COVID? I don't know. I mean, what is it? So basically March, um, until it's June. So like a year and three yeah. months. Yeah. 15, That's 16, 16 months. months. Yeah. It's yeah. 16 months. Mm -hmm. And it's been so, um, I don't know. It's, I'm changed. Yeah. I'm changed. Like I've got, I, 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 you know, I'll just say like, it's really, um, it stresses me out watching what it's done to mm -hmm. my kids, mm -hmm. you know, how it's my son sort of embraced it and, and just really dove into school. He's, he's older though. He's almost 17, mm -hmm. but for my youngest, like it's been really, really hard to yeah. be isolated. 
And, and I, that weighs on me. So for me, like, I just want to pull her out of this hole. So I can't, I can't put energy into hating other people. No, you know, (laughs) know I mean, I've never, I've the only one I'm trying to think, well, you know, what's funny is there was another friend that I had who, when I first met her before we were friends, um, I didn't like her at all. And it was so funny. And, and normally I don't have that kind of like reaction to people. I mean, I might have like, oh, I like this one. I don't like that one. But I did not like her. And I didn't want anyone else to like her either. I was really young. I was probably like 20, 21. And it was so funny because she, I think, I guess I was telling everybody I was an actress and I was, but I was kind of half in it at that point. I hadn't like fully jumped into it. And so um, I was working in a department store and I was on the phone all the time. And I was usually just calling friends. I mean, I was a terrible fucking worker, but um, I was just goofing off and calling my friends. And she had said to me, because she knew I was an actor, she thought I was always on the phone with my agent. And it was like, I didn't even have an agent. I was just a goofball. But it was so funny because eventually we became friends. And uh, we were friends for like six years. And then I'd say in the first three years, it was great. And then the last three years was not great. There were times that I did not like being her friend at all. It was awful. And other times where I did have fun with her. Um, but, you know, eventually our friendship ended too. But this, it's like I never – when I – and it's a lot. I'm not going to go into it because there's several reasons why I can't go into why we didn't – our friendship didn't last. But it's like I, I look at these people and, and she <laughs> – we were in acting class together and we, we still had to be, you know, not necessarily performing together, but interacting. And my mother was in that acting class too. And when I would get up to perform, she would literally scribble like red. She had this red pen and she would like mad scribble while I was up there. It's like she hated me so much. And she basically <laughs> downgraded our friendship. She says, I don't think we should be best friends anymore. Let's just be friends. And I'm like, fuck you. She had totally oh, dissed God. me and treated me like shit. And, um, you know, but it's like I look back on, on that. Like I look back on those people and I feel like, I mean, I don't know what they're going through, but I don't have like, I just like you said, I, I don't feel envious or anything like that. But I just, I, I hope that she found happiness. You know, I feel like there are, I don't how do I say this like there, there's there have been people in my life that I have felt envy like oh they have this and I'd like it but again I never wa- not wanted them to have it you know what I mean it's like I didn't wish they didn't have it and mm-hmm. I, it was like you can mm-hmm. have it all you you know enjoy it and love it but I want it too I want it too and and so mm-hmm. you know I mean I'd like to figure out how to get that for myself as well and it's so mm-hmm. funny because you probably know who I'm talking about but there was this one person who um, I kind of focused on. It was right before I went, like right before, not right before, but like say the year leading up to, I'd lost my Facebook page and I kind of lost my income, most of my income, and I was not happy with where I was. And then this person started to rise and was getting writing gigs and everything and and writing for this publication and that publication. And I was like, I... this person's rise made me feel bad about myself. Not about that. I'm not going to even say who it is, but that person, I wasn't upset at that person for being successful, but that person's success made me feel like a failure. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I remember telling you that I, I said to myself, well, I can't get it <laughs> at that time. I was basically submitting articles about how the media is fucking everything up. And of course, no one wanted to publish them because they were the media. And um, and then I would it would prove to myself that I can't I can't nobody will take on my articles. And um, and so I said to you, well, since I can't get published anywhere, then I will just interview people and, and you know, it, and I, I had such a negative image of myself at that point. And I said something like, well, if, you know, they say that those who can't teach, well, those who can't podcast. So I'll just interview the successful people. <laughs> I remember that was, that was my attitude, which has now changed. I don't feel that way anymore. But, um, but you know, I cha- but I did change my thinking because I put an effort into it and I stopped telling myself those negative things. And, but the difference is like, I didn't hate on this person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wasn't like, I yeah. hate them. I hate them. It was just that I saw other people, this one and a and few others, rising and I'm Mm -hmm. like why am I not rising what am I doing wrong why am I being I felt singled out anyway I've just kind of like gone off you know what I asked you and I'm I'm like blabbering I asked you how your job was going how is your job going oh um my job is great and it's and um, it's Planned Parenthood I'm at Planned Parenthood uh and I'm I'm working on on both some you know boots on the ground fundraising for the actual health care that is provided to anyone without question, no mm-hmm. matter what. <laughs> uh, and I'm also doing some stuff um, on the, the political side. That's so, so cool. It's pretty freaking rad. Yeah. And to be, to be able to um, spend my days working towards making sure that women have bodily autonomy and that, um, you know, the right, folks are uh we're getting behind the right uh, elected officials and and legislative mm-hmm. um you know processes to make sure that healthcare is accessible to people who you know in many cases wouldn't otherwise have it uh it feels so pretty good cool. like it, it's awesome. it's very satisfying yeah. <laughs> it's very satisfying and you know i'm working you know we have affiliates all over there's planned parenthood you know the planned parenthood where you hear from like alexis mcgill johnson who's mm-hmm. you know the queen bee out of out of new york that's the that's you know the the national um level and they you know they're doing um awareness and outreach to keep planned parenthood you know, on the tip of everyone's tongue and, and to be aware of the work that we're doing. And and they work with the affiliates across the country and our affiliate in, it's called Marmonte, is the largest in the country. And we have 35 health centers. Um, we're Northern California, Northern Nevada, um, Central California, all the way to Santa Cruz, San Jose, Mountain View, which was the affiliate, uh, the health center that I used to go to as a teenager. Um, and here in you know, Oakland, Alameda County. Uh, it's, it's a big organization and we raise a lot of money and we do a lot of good work, Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that, that, you know, people have access to healthcare. Um, um, it's, it's rad. It's It's just, it's inspiring every single day. I used Planned Parenthood more than once and it's so important. And I was so grateful for it when I didn't have insurance. So it's amazing. And it's like a perfect fit for you. It it really is. And as my mom likes to put it, my mom is just so, it's so funny because 
the Mountain View Health Center was my go-to and the one that, you know, where like my, that it changed things for me. Like mm-hmm. my, my life is, is this because mm-hmm. that Mountain View Health Center was there for me. Yeah. Um, and my mom's like, full circle, honey. It's full circle. <laughs> totally. She always just boils it right down. She just boils it right down. Full circle, babe. And, you know, it's really kind of cool to, once I took the job, um, I knew, like, I had a few, I had to find a job. Like, I ran for office and didn't, um, you know, my husband and I had this conversation when the, the campaign started really heating up. And it just made sense to, to, just focus 100% on that. So we had to make some big sacrifices and like really kind of plan things out so that we could stay afloat. Um, and then COVID hit and we were like, Oh my God, but we made it. We, we made it. I was able to do it. I'm glad that I did. And then I put myself out there like, okay, now it's like, it's go time. I have to find a job. And I started applying for things in this lane. Like I knew that I was going to have to do something that was serving people. Um, And I wanted a job that also had, you know, that was political. And I was worried at first. I'm like, oh, God, is Planned Parenthood, am I going to be able to stay, you know, involved in politics? And my husband looked at me and he goes, it doesn't get more political than, than, you (laughs) know, abortion rights. I mean, you know right, what I mean? Exactly, like yeah. keeping abortion legal, like what, what's more political than that, honestly. So there were a couple other jobs that I was looking at and one that, one that I, there were two, it was this, this Planned Parenthood job and another one that was like deeply political working for an elected official and, and running the district for that person. And what Planned Parenthood came to the table, um, and I didn't even like, it just was right. I accepted the job on the spot pretty rad huh wow, like sometimes things so just sort of cool. speak to you and yeah. you know in that moment that's so and cool and, and here it's, so, I am. it's just Boom. so perfect for you and it totally fits your personality and everything yeah so yay rad. well i want to talk about something that's irritating me okay good <laughs> you know i love that too <laughs> so i have um i have this tweet that's going viral right or it went viral it's got 53,000 likes it's what? got yeah, it's got ten thousand retweets and a thousand eighty quote tweets. So it's this picture of a woman and she's holding up a sign that says, Why does every woman know another woman that was raped, but no man knows a rapist? So of course mm-hmm. the answers that I'm you know, all the women are going, Yeah and all the men are like, Well the ob- it's obvious the answer is that rapists don't announce rape. And so Okay, yes, right. When you're a rapist, you don't walk into a room and go, hey, everybody, I'm a rapist. Nice to meet you. Duh. But there, to me, of course, I didn't, I did not uh, include what I believe is the answer to this question, which I think is rape culture. And here's, I'm just going to read, I don't even know where I got this, but um, let me look up it. I think it's, uh, I can't see because of, anyway. Here's rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sex, sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and pop culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language, the object, objectification of women's bodies and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. Now, there's a lot more to it, but that's the basic. And mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, my God, I put this up and the fucking asshole um, trolls are I mean, it, and they look like trolls, you know, like they look like accounts that are um, they have a, a fake. 
Eddie five seven two two two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then the photograph is like a, of some horrible creature that looks violent and and everything. And and you know they're all just like being trolls and and everything. But what's really frustrating me, the thing that's frustrating me, is that men are getting defensive about this, as if this is pointing a finger and blaming them. And it's like, no, it isn't. And I really want to talk about this because I think this is important. Um, there are things about rape that we accept in our culture. And I realized that, uh, you know, when I got involved with being a feminist and saying shit online and everything, I, you know, and, and hearing about rape culture and understanding how you know Brock Turner can rape this girl and and get a pat on the wrist and how white I, I wrote a fucking article on white men getting away no jail time nothing raping babies and it's mm. and especially because they're rich one a judge mm -hmm. said that this guy shouldn't have to go to jail because he's so rich the jail would just be too awful for him yet he raped a fucking child not even a child a baby what? So yeah, it's bad, and I have all the proof. I have all the news stories, and I, you know, I, I, I this I think I wrote this in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, um, I feel like, you know, your average man who abhors rape, who thinks it's awful, and you know, everyone knows a rapist because rapists don't announce it, and and sometimes rape is just a man pushing himself on a woman and not violently abusing her in an alley. You know what I mean? It's like there, mm -hmm. there's rape is, is not just very black and white. It's there's, it, it comes in nuances. And so I think we all know rapists, but we don't know that they're rapists. And, but these men who are not rapists and would, if they found out somebody was a rapist and then they would be like, I don't want to know you anymore. They're getting defensive as if they're the ones being blamed for this. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I remember when I saw, and I was young, but when I saw Animal House, there's that scene where oh. the guy has that passed out girl land on his bed mm -hmm. and he's got the devil and the angel basically arguing, should I, and it, the rape, the word rape. Should was I rape her or yeah, not? But that's what it was. And mm -hmm. you know what? No one thought that was a big deal. No one even thought that was rape. It you just, at that point. People laughed. Mm -hmm. We, we, that, that was funny. Yeah. And that's what was because, accepted. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was that wrong. Was accepted, but... and that was that was one of that was one of those memorable ha 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 scenes, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, "Oh my god, that was like that was really fucked up." I didn't even as a I kid. Mean, I, I, didn't I mean, even Animal think House that. came out. I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, what? Like, mm -hmm. fucker? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god!" Yeah, and the and the the theater went, you know, went crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, I, I think I saw. <laughs> I think I saw it when I was like nine or something, and um, I just didn't realize that that was an issue. I, it didn't even occur to me. I don't remember laughing. I re I was at the theater, and I, I remember other people laughing, but to me, it was just normal. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. this is how it goes. And and again, it's like putting all the onus on the woman. Well, you shouldn't have gotten drunk because and now then putting her and then putting her and putting her in a in a grocery cart mm -hmm. and dropping her on her parents' front porch. Yeah. And she was OPS. She was 14. 14. Yeah. Remember? Yes. Yes. So I that do. was written by national lampoon mm -hmm. and that, yeah. So the thing, and my point to this is, is that even I didn't realize, um, I didn't realize 
that was rape and and the uh, rape culture the acceptance of that scenario and that it was considered funny and then you add to that um you know like for instance there's this television show the morning show with jennifer aniston and mm-hmm. there is a and spoiler here so just in case you haven't seen the show but there is a scene where the um oh god he was in the office i always forget his name what's that guy's name who was in the office the lead guy Steve Carell. Steve Carell. So he plays like the boss or the big guy. He's kind of like the the co-host and he got kicked off the show. Um, But he, there was this young woman that he kind of like targeted and they wound up in the same hotel room and he pressured her into having sex. He didn't throw her down and violently assault her, but she didn't know how to say no because she wanted her job. And she wasn't sure what was happening. And I think she, if I, if memory serves, they may or may not have been flirting, but at some point she decided, no, this isn't for me. Um, but she didn't feel comfortable getting out of that situation because she felt, again, like, well, I might lose my position or something like that. And so mm-hmm. that was rape, even though she consented she only consented because she felt forced and pressured and she wanted to keep her job. So if you if you are consenting to sex because you feel you're going to lose your job, mm-hmm. that that isn't consent. It's not real consent. It's not desire. It's like, you know, oh, and then the other thing, there's a woman on, I think it was the Housewives of New Jersey, and she had mentioned that she had slept with her boss because he was pressuring her. And even just in this day and age the women on the show were kind of some of them were judging her as if she were being slutty and it it was the same scenario you feel like if I don't do this I'm not going to get ahead and I'm not saying you should do it but I understand the fear of losing your your fucking rent paying your bills Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. you're like, hmm, okay, and then you decide, all right, well, I would rather just, you know, I have a kid, and I've got to pay my bills, fine, I'll give this guy a blowjob, and I can continue living. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and to me, that is a form of rape, because they do have a choice, they can, leave, they can leave and have to get another job and possibly face another situation like that. So this idea of rape culture is... is it affects all of us. It affects our decision-making and, and how we perceive things. And, you know, as we continue to evolve as a culture, which I say very loosely, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're starting to recognize, oh, wait a minute, that's not good. Or, you know what I mean? It's not good that, you know, I, I had sex with this guy once um, and it wasn't rape, but I chose to have sex with him because he wouldn't leave. And I thought maybe if I just have sex with him, he'll leave. And, and mm-hmm. he did. And it was like, and then I never saw him again. And it was like, you can criticize me all you want for that because, you know, it was a stupid decision. But in my younger mind, because it didn't happen recently, it happened years and years and years ago. But in my younger mind, that's what I thought. He, he, mm-hmm. he wanted to have sex. And so he figured out this way to, to make me feel pressured into doing it. He, I don't think he thought that I would think, oh, he'll leave when he fucks me or, you know, but he understood what he was doing now I don't again I don't think that was rape I could have just told him to leave but I didn't know how I didn't know how and so I just gave in and I think women do that a lot and I think that's because of rape culture yeah 
and it's sad, but it's it frustrates me because I, you know, men are getting defensive. Good men who don't understand. And it's like, look, we're all affected by this. Women accept certain things about rape, rape culture because they just they've never been presented with an alternative opinion or an alternative fact not you know what I mean not an alternative fact but like oh wait a minute here's a fact that makes me go oh they just they and then you know it's like I when I think back to the animal house thing you can see oh well that influenced how we looked at rape it made it okay you know and it's just, yeah. I, I wish more men would stop being defensive and just start being allies. And that was the whole point of, of, you know, what I'm saying. But I don't think people truly understand what rape culture is. And I wish they would take more time researching that than screaming, but it's not my fault. <laughs> it's like, no one's, it's, it's all of our faults. It's the culture's fault. So anyway. So I, I have to, I, I'm, um, this makes me think about how w women felt, and I'm saying women, I'm, I'm generalizing obviously, but how many of us felt when Kavanaugh was being yes. confirmed. And um, the, the people who, the women who spoke to me, the men who spoke to me, because their partners, their wives had shared deeply mm -hmm. personal stories mm -hmm. of rape and sexual abuse because people felt compelled to speak. Um, people close to me told me stories that I had never known people who I've known, mm -hmm. you know, my, my whole life, um, who just needed to speak up about atrocities and rapes mm -hmm. and, and sexual assaults that had happened to them. And they felt, they felt shame and they felt, I can't ever, talk about this because mm -hmm. I somehow am responsible. Mm -hmm. I put myself in harm's way. I asked for it because yeah. that's how we were brought up. Yes. That's what we were brought up to believe about ourselves. You dress like a slut. Mm -hmm. You act like a slut. You get drunk. You put yourself in positions where men are going to want you and they won't be able to help themselves. Yeah, because they're and just you helpless. Are gonna, you are going to have a shitty reputation if you sleep. You know what? I, that's, I always loved uh, the Samantha character on Sex and the City because she was unapologetically mm -hmm. someone who just enjoyed sex. Yeah. And she wasn't going to make any – she didn't explain shit to anyone. Yeah. But – but we were asked in our jobs, I've been asked, you've been asked to perform. We were um, objectified, marginalized, mm -hmm. called out, um, you know, had rumors spread, were asked to perform sexual acts in mm -hmm. order to get business or get, mm -hmm. you know, stay employed. Like, that's just, that's just what being a woman mm -hmm. was like, is like. Mm -hmm. And has been like for so many of us. Yeah, it's just um, it's so frustrating. Yeah, and and I'm you know I'm in my I'm I'm 55 years old. I've seen, I've seen it all. I've participated in things I didn't necessarily want to participate in because mm -hmm. I was afraid to speak up. Yeah, because in my in my yes, mind that the 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 message was well you got yourself here. Mm -hmm. So, you know. You I mean, there's, for it. Yeah, there's one thing about taking responsibility and then there's another thing for being blamed for the actions of another because you're wearing a certain piece of clothing. Or you got yourself into a certain situation or, you know, you, 
how many times did we feel unsafe because mm-hmm. of situations that we were in where, you know, did men feel unsafe? Exactly. For being in those exact same no. situations? Yeah, and no, I, I have were, like one in we, mind. Yeah, you're right. Right. I mean, I remember having to fight my way out of a situation where um, it's actually a miracle that I, I got away unscathed. Fight That's myself so out horrible. of a situation. And I was obliterated. I yeah. was completely drunk, but I, 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 I was, you know, together enough to say, "Oh my God, no, 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 no! This is going down a path." And um, I was lucky enough to come away unscathed. Yeah. But you know, <sighs> I had to tell myself in that moment, "No, I don't care that I'm drunk, and I don't care that I'm in his apartment. I don't deserve this." Yes, exactly. I didn't bring this. I didn't bring this on myself. Yes, I mean, and uh, and and then I remember it was a it was funny because not funny, haha. Right. It was odd. I got set up with this person, and wow. I thought, you know, yeah, I'd like to go out with this guy. It was yeah. through a coworker, and we had fun. And then we weren't. I wasn't having fun. I felt threatened, and mm-hmm. like I was being. He was forcing himself on me, and I went completely haywire, bat shit, <laughs> crazy, kicking, screaming. You know, like like yeah. it, it reminded me of what happened to um, Christine Blasey Ford because mm. we went back to his apartment and, you know, he wanted to feed me more alcohol. And I was kind of like, ah, I mean, me, I've had enough. <laughs> that, that, that didn't happen often. But um, and then he turned the music in his apartment up really, really oh loud. Oh, my God. And and I realized why. Yeah. Right. And, and so I got out of there and I reported back to, you know, the friend was like, how did it go? And I said, he's a freaking predator. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, freaking predator. I probably use different language. Yeah. Um, and I remember he tried to do some damage control. Like, hey, I thought we were having fun. And I was yeah, like, they oh, you're never that. getting a call back. Jesus Ever. But I mean, like I, that was lucky. I had, Mm -hmm. you know, other situations where I wasn't so lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I don't know. I have a, I have a 13 year old daughter and I have an almost 17 year old son and we have very open conversations Mm -hmm. with them about what's appropriate and what's inappropriate Mm -hmm. and what consent is. And my son knew how to have the consent conversation at at 13 Yeah. with, you know, it was like it, it's, it's two people. It takes two people. You consent. He's, he's like, I was trying to explain to him. And he goes, Mom, I know all about consent. Like, he used the word first. Right. And and so I hope that we get to a place where, I mean, like, that's all we, there, there are always going to be predatory people. Mm-hmm. There are always going to be men who, or boys, who mm-hmm. force themselves on girls and women and, and do what they want against that person's will. Mm-hmm. But we need to, I think the conversation is being had and we, we have to continue to have it. Yes, um, absolutely. But you know what? Before we go any further, we need to take a quick break and we will be right back after this message. Well, you've probably heard you should be eating more seafood. Ha, I'm way ahead of the curve. Yay. But maybe 
The seafood counter is too intimidating, or you aren't quite sure how to prepare it. That's why you need Wild Alaskan Company. The founder comes from a long line of Alaskan commercial fishermen, so they're experts in getting the highest quality, sustainably sourced seafood right to your plate. They believe that what you eat matters. As a member of the Wild Alaskan Company, you'll receive a variety of delicious, perfectly portioned, wild-caught seafood delivered right to your door. With access to their team of fishmongers for any questions, recipes, or cooking tips, they're so confident in the taste and quality of Alaska's seafood. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee. Change or pause your delivery date anytime. So easy. Right now, get $15 off your first box of wild-caught seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash Stephanie. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash Stephanie. 15 bucks off your first box. Wow. wildalaskancompany.com slash Stephanie. Okay, we're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, this reminds me, I posted, let me get it. I posted, I saw this on Facebook. It says, reminder, as we get into hotter weather, she's not dressed like a slut. You just think like a rapist. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. When can, where can I like that tweet? That's on my Instagram. <laughs> but that's true. It's so fucking true. And, you know, I just to this day, it's like women are still slut shamed. And it's just unfucking believable how, how many women will slut shame each other. And I mean, I don't know what the word we could use. I don't know. I, I talked a little bit about this with Feminist Next Door. But, like, there's a situation, like, for instance, my mom, okay, how would you describe the situation, like, without using the word slut, my mom knew this woman, it was sad because she had been raped, and uh, my mom didn't like her, right, it was, it was my girlfriend in eighth grade, and her, her mom was single, my mom was single, and my mom met her before anything happened, and my mom didn't like her at all, she got this really bad vibe off of her, and she didn't like her, and then, um, then the woman gets raped and she's completely freaked out. So my mom, at the time we were living in an apartment and my mom let her come stay with us. And then she convinced my mother to, even though my mom knew it was a bad idea to become roommates because she was afraid to live alone. So then we moved, we, we moved into a house in Hollywood and there was this restaurant that we like used to go to all the time. And my mom, I think had a crush on the maitre d'. And so she tells this woman that she has a crush on the maitre d' and they go and this woman, I think her name was Lisa, tells this guy, oh, I've got a waterbed at home. And basically brings him back home and fucks him. So, like, my mom and her are roommates and supposed to be friends. And she's like, mm -hmm. my mom's like, hey, I like this guy. And then Lisa moves in on him and brings him back for, like, a one-night stand. So what is she, that? Where she, lives, where she lives with your mother. Yes. So it'd be like if you and I got in a, a, a house together and you're like, hey, Kimberly, I really love this guy. And I just like like push you aside and like show him my boobs and go, come on back to my house and let's fuck. I mean, how would you feel? That would make you feel like shit. But it's like, w then how do you describe like how she behaved? What, what would be the terminology you would use to describe her actions specifically so that someone, if you said, oh, she behaved like a blank, someone would understand that she like smarmy or sleazy or I don't even know because normally we would call that slutty do you know what I mean but I like I don't I like would just slutty. call that cruel it is cruel that's not that's not somebody um who that's not someone who's behaving like a friend no it is friends not. don't do that to each other no. right yeah no well and then there's also the okay one time when I was 
going out with this guy. It was my first boyfriend. A girl came up to him in front of me. I mean, we were a couple, and it was clear. And she literally, like, started rubbing her vagina on his... I mean, she was clo- She had clothes on. But she was rubbing her vagina on his leg in front of me. And I feel what? like, again, what kind of behavior... How do you describe that behavior? Because I don't like to use the word slutty. Slutty is a shameful word. And it, it gets tossed around so that if you enjoy sex, you're considered slutty. And it's like, but what is it... How do you describe someone who would see... A, a, a guy and a girl together and know that they're a couple and then go rub your vagina on his leg like hi because that's what she was doing she was that's skanky just... I mean a skanky inappropriate word I don't know I don't know I would just call it gross yeah it is gross it is it was gross and I just thought what the fuck is wrong with you I would never fucking do that I would no. never do that ever gnarly gnarly <laughs> man gnarly <laughs> Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I think slutty and skanky are always associated with women because that's just the culture. Exactly. You know I mean? like, and that's, that's the thing. Like, what? Because you don't call oh, a guy she's a skank. A skank. Yeah. How many times have you ever heard someone say, he's a skank? Never. He's a slut. Right. Like, that, you never hear that. Well, if you hear he's um, a slut, it's usually uh, to pr- praise them. Right. For all the sex they're getting. Right. Right. Like, oh, he's a male slut. Ha ha ha. Like, he's a <laughs> he's, he's a, a, a really cool dude because he gets to fuck a yeah, lot of oh, women. He's a, yeah, he's so slutty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think gross is because that you can use that for any. Yeah. Any. Uh, That's true. And it is. It is. It's just, you know, I got to say this and I for what it's worth. Briefly before we started the show, I told you that um, I had a little bit of a breakdown yesterday because I went... <laughs> clothes shopping and it's not fun for me because I have all this extra weight on me and I do believe that I have high cortisol I know that I might have a thyroid issue so I purchased this supplement that everybody who has high cortisol it's like adrenal fatigue and all that stuff um, they take this supplement and it helps so I just took a supplement before we did the show and I don't know I feel kind of spazzy (laughs) I don't know if that's coming off, but it's like, I feel a little spazzy. So if I sound a little spazzy, that's probably why, but I'm still going to, you know, I, I'm glad you bring that up because I want to normalize the fact that women going through menopause and the, the, and just the, 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 the changes in our hormones Mm -hmm. do make us feel that that does make us feel spazzy Mm -hmm. and people don't talk about it and I remember one time I think I may have even talked about it on your show once but I started going through menopause really early like I've been in it for 10 years and I remember going and meeting with a guy I was just getting started on my tv show I was trying to like put ideas together and figure out how I could sell it and blah 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 and I went to a guy that I used to date Okay. And, and I ended it and I think it was his turn to sort of have the upper hand because he ran an agency Mm -hmm. and I was looking to him for ideas. I thought we were friends. I thought we had gotten past it, but he, I had sort of a, like I almost fainted in his presence Hmm. and I was super spazzy. Like I was all hopped up Mm -hmm. and I've been sober for freaking ever. Right. Yeah. So I had been sober for a good 10 years at this point. But I was like shaky and Mm -hmm. I was lightheaded Mm -hmm. and I was sweating. Mm -hmm. And I remember he was like super judgy about it, or at least that's how it came across. He was like, oh, are you okay? Like, then he called me, goes, I'm just checking to see if like 
like almost insinuating I was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was no mistaking that. Yeah. And it was like, okay, now you've got the upper hand, right? Yes. And I remember being so ashamed of myself and wondering if there was something truly wrong with me. Like I was questioning myself and guess what? Motherfuckers hormone. <laughs> what, what do you call it? Just the irregularities that happen. Imbalances. And, and I think yeah. imbalance. Yeah. That's the word. Thank you. Imbalance. Um, like it is a part of life. This is no joke. No. What, what women go through in menopause. It's, it's no fucking joke. Awful. The weight gain, the weight gain, the hormone imbalances, the cons. I've been, I've been having, um, um, hot flashes for 10 years. Yes. Oh my God. And I, no they're, they're getting, they're happening no sleep? now. Well, that I don't have a Just, problem with, but you oh, know, I know a lot Lord of women do. I know a lot of women have that issue, but I don't. Um, and that makes that, that can make a bitch crazy, right? Oh, there. totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what <laughs> my kids laugh. I'll be like, I didn't have a good night. And they're like, Oh, she didn't get enough sleep last yeah. night. And then they kind of look at each other like, ha, ha. And I'm like, you just fucking wait I know my poor mom suffers through not sleeping well so far knock on wood I haven't had a problem Um, and you know it's interesting though because what I'm taking right now everybody who you know like you read through the 5,000 different uh, Amazon reviews which uh, some of them I don't know if they're paid for but either way um, everybody says the same thing that it helped them sleep and, you know, the, the thing that I'm worried about with this, because I am very sensitive to anything, whether it's medication, supplements, I have to be very careful with what I do. And there, there were a few negative, uh, you know, reviews saying that some people were shaking, some people had, this is gross, but explosive diarrhea, like so bad, like it was the kind of diarrhea that you get when you're uh, prepping for colonoscopy. And, um, <laughs> and so, I don't mean to laugh. I know, but that's gross. But they said, I think those people didn't, t- I think they didn't have food first. I think you have to have food first. Some people got headaches. A few people, like one or two people said that they went to the hospital for the problems that they were having. But I can't help but wonder if those people had like underlying health conditions that this didn't go well for them because of their health. I mean, I don't really have any other under, all I have is high cortisol. And one of my, like, I just had a test, and so it showed that my cortisol was high, and it showed that it's T3 and T4, so that's thyroid. T3 was low, but it was borderline low, and T4 was fine. And and so I was reading about this. I told this to my patrons um, on my patrons-only show the other day, and some of them came back and gave me some really good advice and replies, but... Um, what I've been finding out is that what doctors will generally do if you are low in thyroid hormone, uh, if your T3 is low, they will give you a synthetic T4. And that the idea of this is that it's going to, that T4 converts into T3. So if you're low on T3, the answer is to give you T4 and then it converts and then you're evened out. And in some cases it works great. In other people, it doesn't convert. And when it doesn't convert, mm-hmm. guess what happens? Weight gain. You get fa- Yeah. <laughs> and all other things. So I felt like, all right, well, before I go to the doctor, because I, I'm going to go to the doctor and get my, I, I'm going to wait a little while because I have, 
I have one appointment on the 14th with my gynecologist because, of course, I haven't been since COVID. So I'm going to go to my gynecologist and she tests my hormone levels. So we're going to talk about it. And then I'll go to my regular doctor and see if I can get sent to a specialist and then get, you know, my uh, thyroid tested then. But in the meantime, I'm trying all these things like I'm going to try the supplement and then I'm also taking um, omega-3 fatty acids. I'm taking probiotics because those things are supposed to be natural cortisol reducers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the thing is, is the cortisol is packing the fat on me. And it's so upsetting because yesterday when I went shopping for clothes, which is something I used to love doing, it, it, it has now become this extremely humiliating experience where I can't, so many things that I think are cute, I can't wear. I just can't. They don't look flattering on me. So it's, it becomes this um, pursuit of something that I feel will have as much of a slimming effect as it can, as you know, as it possibly can cover up whatever bulges or fat that I have and make me feel somewhat comfortable because you know what, there is something you can go buy clothes that make you look 10 pounds lighter. You know, it just depends on how it fits you. But finding Where are those, those stores? I know, but finding those clothes is not always so easy. And, you know, right now, skinny jeans are all the rage. And it's like, it, I, I, and talk about rage. It makes like I wanted to rage. I look at these fucking skinny jeans. It's like they fit my pinky. It's like, Jesus Christ. Why are, and then these fucking high waisted jeans. And so the last thing I'm going to say on this, because I don't want to go too much into it. I mean, you could say what you want, but I, I don't want to go on and on. But it's just very frustrating for me as a menopausal woman. But now these fucking high-waisted jeans are coming back. And I have to <laughs> say that I had to buy a size bigger because I have so much fucking belly fat. And, the you know, it's like the, the, the size that I wanted to buy fit me in every other area but the stomach. So I had to buy a size bigger just to get it around my stomach. And it's like... I swear to God, it was so demoralizing. It crushed my spirit. I came home. I felt so bad about myself. And, you know, and so I have been like obsessively looking up ways to reduce cortisol. And because I think my main problem is cortisol because it's high. And when you have high cortisone, your body holds on to fat no matter what you do. It just holds on to it. And so, you know, and, and, and the more you read about it, it's like this is very common. And unfortunately, you know, some doctors know what they're doing and some doctors don't. And, you know, I have this fear about, well, if I go to the doctor, he's going to, he or she's just going to throw a pill at me that, you know, here, take this T4 pill and everything will be fine. And then I wind up gaining weight and wanting to kill someone. So it's like, I'm going to try to take care of it on my own and see what I can do on my own before I go to the doctor. Maybe I can lower my cortisol and this will all be worked out. So I wonder, though, if part of the reason I have high cortisol is because everything is fucking freaking, this country is freaking out. <laughs> you know, like fascists are trying to take us over. Well, listen, there, anybody in the medical field who you talk to about menopause mm -hmm. and about cortisol releases when a person is stressed out. When mm -hmm. you don't sleep, 
my case, when you're worried, when you're stressing mm -hmm. about the state of whether or not we're going to live in a democracy anymore, that yeah. was a poorly worded sentence, but you get what I'm yes. saying. Um, you're worried about your children. You're worried about your parents. You're worried COVID about, and all that. Yeah. you know, whether or not you're going to be able to pay the bills or whether you're going to get COVID or whether, mm -hmm. you know, who, who knows? Are we going to, you know, lose in 2022 or mm -hmm. uh, is, is Trump going to run again in 2024? Like all of this shit piles on. It does. And, you know, we have so much to worry about. And for women our age, that that's a stressor. And those are stressors. And that, yeah. that releases. I mean, we've had this conversation a million times. I'm What I want to do is stop being so hard on myself. I know. And, you know, I look at gorgeous human beings who are, you know, larger people. And I'm like, how... I find there's beauty in so much in, mm -hmm. in, in all different shapes and sizes. And yes, Jennifer Aniston's gorgeous and who could dispute that, but I'm, you know, I'm just tired of, of holding myself to standards that are just not necessarily realistic. Like I don't have a personal trainer and a chef and, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, access, true. access to all of the treatments and stuff like this. I'm, I'm just a person who's, you know, trying to, take care of myself, be healthy, look after my children and my husband and my, you know, concern myself with my friends and my family and do a good job. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and do like we say in, in, um, well, like certain people say, do the next right thing. Yeah. Like be, be in that, that person. But at the same just, time, like you, but it is unhealthy to go around with high cortisol levels all the time. Yes, so it is. But like, I think if we quit beating the shit out of ourselves, maybe our cortisol levels will drop a little bit. Well, that would think be of part stress. of it. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it definitely is. I think it is stress related, but I think it's just all I know is my entire life I've always battled with hormone imbalance. It's just always been there, and so I don't know what is the primary cause of this if because like I've I remember when I was 36 years old you know I, I immediately like it was it was fast I woke up with a bunch of belly fat I gained 15 pounds and I didn't do anything different and okay you know I accepted it as getting older and things changing and then the weight continually packed on it it, it stopped for a while and then it's like phases but my concern is as much as I hate the physical feeling plus visceral fat, which is pretty much what I think I have, is also dangerous. So it's, it's, it, it's definitely about the vanity, but it's also, you know, I mean, like in my mind, what I go to and what I obsess over is the vanity. But there's also that thing of like, well, I don't want this to keep going because my, it's not good to have visceral fat. It's damaging and it could hurt me in the long run. And so, you know, it's like, I want to be able to, and, and, and then when I think in terms of going to the doctor about it, and I know how, you know, my mom was complaining about her hip, uh, I think 10 years ago. And the doctors were like, oh, it's nothing. And then of course she need she needed to get her hips replaced. Um, but they told her it was nothing. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like women go to the doctor and we're basically not all the time, but a lot of the time we're just dismissed. We're just dismissed. Mm -hmm. and, you, oh, and, and then the doctors get really pissed if you do your own research and have an alternative of, you know, like, oh, well, what about this? No, just take what I say. 
there's a lot of doctors out there that even my gynecologist who I really like she has a tendency to just be sold on what she knows and refuses to listen to anything else and I mean I picked her because she was into bioidenticals and I did not want somebody to give me you know uh, the synthetic but it's like I, I hear what you're saying and you're a hundred percent right because it, we, I am somebody who has always been hard on myself, but, but I also feel like, well, it's, it's like a health thing, you know, like you, you don't want to have this condition and just let it go because you, because it, because it could cause a fucking heart attack or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that scares me too. Isn't it fun getting old? <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's funny because my mom used to always go, "Oh, aches and pains," and I'm like, "Mom, aches and pains. We're 19 years apart. Like what?" And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I did something to my back on Father's Day where literally I was getting out of the car, and I tweaked something, and I couldn't put like I couldn't walk. It was insane. Uh, is it your lower back? And huh? Lower back. It was, um, so I'd had kind of a, a recurring hip problem. Um, cause I, I think I may have told you I was body surfing once a couple, <laughs> three summers ago and I got you, they say, never turn your back to the ocean. I turn my back mm-hmm. to the ocean and it felt like, like the largest human being in the, in, oh and God. the strongest person like took two hands and just like shoved me and it was mm-hmm. a wave mm-hmm. and I landed on my right mm-hmm. shoulder and my right hip and my right shoulder. I could barely lift my arm that I rehabbed through um you know i had to have an mri couldn't do i couldn't get over the pain it was bizarre hip too the the hip the the shoulders rehabbed the hip not so much and so i never did chiropractic i i tried you know i had an mri i i had um some physical therapy through kaiser Mm -hmm. uh nothing was really helping it and then i was like well i'm gonna try a chiropractor Mm -hmm. i tried acupuncture i tried you know all sorts of stuff right and I like the chiropractor. It seemed to really, it seems to make a big difference. And then of course, someone on Father's Day, a, a family member who's sort of, you know, cousin twice removed or whatever said, oh, go see a real doctor. And I was like, Ugh. first of all, I didn't ask you, yeah. A, B, <laughs> I really dig my chiropractor and yeah. he has provided a tremendous, he fixed my shoulder. Wow. And so I went and saw him the day I don't know what day it was, but it was, I guess it was the Monday after and he did an adjustment. I was like, Oh shit, it hurts more. And then the next day, all better. And he said, get Volterran, Uh which have you ever seen the Volterran commercial? Yes. I like the way you move. The guy like totally dances at the high school reunion or whatever it is. And I'm like, I love that dude. I don't know who he is, but I want me some of that energy. And so I got the Voltaire and, and I took some Tylenol or not Tylenol, ibuprofen. And I was in Disneyland. And so like, I had to get with that Voltaire mindset and it totally works. Wow. That's great. And I, I am, I'm better. Like I am better. It's it's wild. That's wonderful. But I think it was a combination of what Sid, my chiropractor, yeah. did for me. I haven't had the Voltaren in four days. I only hmm. did it for two days, and took ibuprofen. And I walked ten miles a day for four days. Hmm. In in wow. the heat in Disneyland. Well, how was with it? A mask how, on. how how hot? It was, was it? rad. Yeah. Was it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was like you know eighties. Oh, okay. But what was what was amazing is, 
like I love Disneyland. My family loves Disneyland. Like that's a place that we love to go. And the, the lines were very short. Um, it wasn't packed and it was just a thousand times better. You have to order your food on a, a mobile app through the, through like, you don't just get to walk up and place an order. Like you got to, you get to plan a little bit, mm-hmm. which is sort of a pain in the ass, but, um, it was fun. I was really happy. You know, my, my 13 year old daughter has, she started a new school at the start of seventh grade, didn't know anybody. And it was all in COVID. So she just didn't, she was very isolated this year. It was really sucked. It really, really sucked. It was really kind of sad. Um, and her best friend from three years, you know, all the way through sixth grade is they don't, they're not together anymore. So we were able to go with them and everybody's vaccinated and we wore our masks and, you know, a lot of people don't wear their masks. They said that we had to bring copies of our vaccination card, but nobody asked and nobody demanded that a mask was worn. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it was a little willy nilly. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we tried to stay as safe as humanly possible. And um, like, you know, you're in lines with people and if people didn't have masks on, I put mine up. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want the Delta variant and I don't want the Delta plus. Yeah, I know. I don't want that shit. That's, that's um, what's scaring me. I mean, I'm not sure what to think about this because for the most part, what I'm hearing is if you've been vaccinated, you should be okay. But um, Well, that's what we're hearing for the most part, yeah. but how do we know? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. And I think we're going we're gonna to find out uh, in the next four weeks or in about four weeks. I think we'll find right. out because, you know, I mean, I saw a thread, I think it was by an epidemiologist who said, if I said that right, um, or is or is it epidemial? Is that the right word? Is, I don't know if it's yeah. the right. Okay. Yeah. So they said there's going to be two Americas, and it's basically the red states who haven't been vaccinated. The problem is, is there's all these kids. So there's going to be kids in blue states where you have, you know, like for instance, I live in Maryland, and the rate has gone down significantly. I think you know the last time I checked it was like seven new cases in a day. So um, you know, back in the height, there was I don't know several hundred cases every new day, and so it's down really low right now. But the thing is, is if you've got somebody in a red state that comes over here, and then you know, if it's the best case scenario where you've been vaccinated, you can I guess you can still carry the virus without having any symptoms. You can be asymptomatic and pass it to a child. And this is way more dangerous than the original. And it's happening because people aren't getting vaccinated. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I want to see what happens in three or four weeks from now. Because I think that's when mm-hmm. we'll start seeing, because it's starting to come over here. And we will right, see two right. Americas. We're going to see high, high, high fucking rates of, of people with COVID, whether they're dying or just cases in these red states. We're going to see it. It's good because mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I guess it takes five seconds to pass it on. What? Yeah, it's literally like five seconds and you'll get sick if you come in contact. Dear Jesus. It's really contagious and it's, you know, uh, and it's, it, you know, I mean, I know that, I mean, talk about going through the stressors. You know, I talk to my mom every single day and she's doing very well. And I want to also hear about your mom because I know everybody wants to hear about your mom. Um, mm-hmm. I have but great news about my mom. I know, and yeah. that's so awesome. Um, and I'm grateful that my mom's feeling better, but she's mentally, I think she's not doing great right now. I mean, she's fine, but she's in a bad mood. And I, I know it's because of what's going on. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's not just one thing. 
it's just everything. It's everything in politics because we're all, I mean, I am literally feeling like I need to move to Canada. I've oh, never felt God. that way before, but I feel like maybe I'm going to have to move to Canada. How am I going to do this? I can't leave my mom. And my mom's like, Canada doesn't want me. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it, it's so stressful just to think about this. But yeah, as far as the variants concerned, I feel like we will have a little um, better idea when it really gets over here and, and we see what it's doing and it's coming over here. They, they expect it's going to be, you know, like I said, three or four weeks and we'll start to see those because the numbers are already spiking in certain places. I can't yeah. remember. I think New York is spiking right now. They have a high. I don't think it's deaths. I think it's cases. But I just saw a report today on Twitter that uh, coming down my feed that New York cases are going higher. So I don't know. It's just but that's all stressful. But but let's change this and hear about your mom because your mom you <laughs> talked about your mom before you left and I know that uh I think where we left it is that uh she was doing well but why don't you tell mm -hmm. the story okay yes I, I'm happy to tell you <laughs> um so my mom as uh you know was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer yeah um, uh, also classified as primary peritoneal, which I think, you know, it, it's weird because it was there. She had a full hysterectomy. It was all in her female organs and it's the same. It presents itself in the exact same way. I'm, I'm told maybe a doctor will, will be listening to this and say, no, you're crazy. But this is what we, this is what we know. It's the same sort of, um, type of cancer it's very it's tough to detect early and so you know it's often detected in stage three or stage four and hers was stage four they told her last august you are either going to take treatment or you will be gone mm -hmm. in like two two months or something like that and it was it was wild um and so she immediately started uh hardcore chemotherapy hardcore Ugh. lost a ton of weight Ugh. like didn't eat couldn't eat didn't mm -hmm. have the desire couldn't her taste was off I mean mm -hmm. she was sick um after uh and I again I, I can't remember all the months and COVID time is really really weird it's just now we're almost in July so you know she finished her second course of chemo um I think it was mid-April um, she, and she had a hysterectomy in between two bouts of oh uh, really God. long courses of chemo. And um, so they had a, she had a hysterectomy. Everything was taken. And then also this weird body part called the omentum, which I'd never heard of, which is like this fatty tissue that's like an apron that sort of covers that that area, you know, all of those internal organs. And they took that too because that was just like riddled with tumors. Oh and um, wow. then they did the chemo on the back end of that. Uh, in the middle of that, she was vaccinated, and so was I, and I got to see her. And so I went up to Portland on an almost empty flight, which was really sort of uh, reassuring and mm -hmm. also made me relax a little bit because I was scared yeah, right. to just even be out there, but I also wanted to see her. And so, you know, that's how we did it. And she has had now, when I was there, um, it was her 75th birthday and that was April 20th. And my brother and I were sitting in her living room and mom, my mom was doing her, um, video doctor's appointment with her oncologist and she found out we got to hear it mm -hmm. while it was happening. 
her doctor said, well, you have no, there's no cancer present in your body. Hmm. Wow. And yeah. That's so cool. And so what, what's going to, we're going to monitor you monthly, you know, you have blood work done and we'll do scans. And then for the next five years, <laughs> you'll be doing every three to six months, like full, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whether she has to have a CT scan or, you know, the blood work is going to happen on a regular basis. And then she, she's taking this chemo pill for two years. And so she's three months into that. And she said three great reports. Um, her monthly blood work has come back clean and she's still cancer free. And so mm-hmm. my mother who was like, the prognosis was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like, Oh my God, like, did I kick cancer's ass? I think I kicked cancer's <laughs> ass. And, and, you know, when I was there visiting her, it's sort of funny because my mom is, she's very particular. Nobody is going to tell Lynn what to do. Period. The end of discussion, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. she is set. This is what's happening. You can make all the suggestions you want, but no, because right. this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm her right now. I, I'm telling you how it is. So, um, when I was there visiting, I would get up early. My mom likes to sleep and I had to work, you know, I have mm-hmm. a job and the good news is it's COVID. So I could work from anywhere. And yeah. they were totally, my boss was like, you go. And so, so cool. um, I would get up early and I would make coffee and I would try to be quiet. My mom has a little <laughs> tiny house and I try to, you know, like set up my computer and get myself going. And, um, I had, I, I found this mug, coffee mug in her cupboard that said, Hey, cancer. You fucked with the wrong bitch. That's what the mug said. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And my niece got it for her. Aww. And I'm like, oh, I love this, right? <laughs> so I like took it out of the cupboard and I poured myself a cup of coffee and I was drinking out of it. And I even took a picture of it and sent it to a girlfriend. I was like, look at my mom's coffee guy. <laughs> and my mom woke up and she goes like this to me. She pours herself a cup of coffee and she goes, she goes, nobody drinks out of that mug but me <laughs> and I was like and I go and I look up and I go oh and she goes no I'm serious like, no one drinks out of that mug but me and I go okay <laughs> like if that is a badge of honor like right. this is I'm the person yes. that kicked cancer's ass mm-hmm. and that is my mug and I was <laughs> like yeah she's back <laughs> and so now you know it's just funny like it is a badge of honor but I've always said, and I've, I said it before she even got sick. Like if you knew my mom, like there, people don't come tougher. There are people who are as tough, mm-hmm. but I don't know that there's anybody who's tougher. Yeah. Seriously. I'm, I'm, we could say that there are a lot of tough people out mm-hmm. there. My mother is tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just took it wow. and she didn't complain like God forbid I have to go through something like this because the people in my life are going to be like, Oh my God, this bitch does nothing but complain. Yeah. But my mother just, she just took it. She took it. And you know, there are people who I don't even like some of her closest friends. I'm not kidding. You didn't know she was sick. Wow. Because a, it was COVID and she could hide it. You know, she didn't have to, be she didn't have to be in their face right Right, yeah but i'm like you mean what do you mean alice doesn't know she goes oh yeah i just didn't want to burden her with it Hmm. i'm like oh my god wow like i it i it just it's just it's It's like it's kind of like generational though and it's yes that's another thing too right 
and it gets generational. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, mom is mom is great. Long long story. Yay, that's, my mother I'm so is glad. great, I'm and so I think glad. my mother has some years ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like because it. Because cancer. Just fucking like fuck you cancer. You fucked with the wrong thing. <laughs> okay. And so and so my mom is coming to visit us at the end of July. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes, and then she's going to come in October for a couple weeks and just stay here. Oh, great. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I know, I know know that, (laughs) I know that, you know, when we were doing the show before you got your job and everything, it was just so stressful for you. I was stressing out because my mom was in such terrible pain. And, Mm. you know, I mean, hers was different. She wasn't facing cancer. Um, But she did, you know, she had her own health issues aside from her hips and everything. But it was awful because... You know, and talk about stress. I mean, every day I call her and it would it sucked because every day I would call her, she would be in pain. And when when mm-hmm. you're close with your mom and you love someone and you can't do anything to help them, it's so upsetting to know that they're in physical pain and all alone. It's not like, you know, and we decided that we were not going to, you know, come in contact with each other and because it wasn't safe. It just wasn't safe and we didn't want to risk it. So... Other people risked it, but we chose not to. So, you know, it was tough. It was really fucking tough. So now it's like we're kind of on the other end of it. I it, There's still a threat out there. And, you know, I mean, there's so many threats out there. Outside, There's COVID threat. There's fascism threat. There's so many threats out there. But at least, at least for the time being, we've got a little bit of... Um, I just hope that... I hope that people are aware of what's happening. I hope that the Democrats figure out a way to message to the people who don't vote so that they understand what's at risk. And we need to consistently vote to keep the fascists from winning because now mm-hmm. this they're on this trajectory where it's like fucking win or die. So we have to make mm-hmm. sure their party dies. We have to make sure that their efforts mm-hmm. at taking over democracy dies and that they need to come up with a new fucking plan. Because, you know, I mean, Bush was trying to, Bush, W. Bush was trying to appeal to Latino voters. And they all, mm-hmm. they've given up on that shit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've given up on legitimate things. I mean, I was listening to Chris Hayes the other night, and he was saying, you know, they used to talk about, uh, I mean, they still want their tax cuts, but they used to have certain party platforms that they would talk about. Now, all they ever do is uh, fearmonger with race critical race theory and the other and you know white people are take are, are, are black and black and well brown people are taking our jobs and immigrants are terrible and that's all they're doing they, they have nothing of substance to campaign on they're only and you know and, and he pointed out that nobody is I mean even though they're calling him creepy Joe and they're trying to pin things on him nothing sticks and when they and they just don't hate him because he was saying Chris Hayes was basically saying okay we see Joe Biden coming out the other day with this infrastructure bill you know surrounded by both Democrats and Republicans something you haven't seen in such a long time because he's an old white man they just don't hate him in the same way they hated Hillary and Obama and Chris was saying that, you know, during the 2020 election, they were making anti-Biden paraphernalia to sell and it wasn't selling. But the anti-Hillary, anti-Obama stuff was flying off the shelves. So basically what this is telling us is 
you know, the, the, these angry fucking racists, I mean, they don't like him. They don't like Joe Biden, but they don't hate him the way that they hate Mm -hmm. a woman or or a man and that's what terrifies me about Kamala Harris because I I have people on my show and they're all hopeful and everything and it's like I'm not I'm not hopeful I know the country voted for uh for Hillary Clinton I know that the majority of people in this country voted for her but we have an electoral college so the elect and plus we have people who are going to if the republic if the republicans get their way they're going to replace the electors with Republicans and they're doing it. They're already doing it so that they will not certify democratic wins. So mm-hmm. we're up against that too. So I, even though I know the majority of people in this country voted for her, it just doesn't matter because electorally it doesn't matter. So Kamala Harris, in my opinion, would s- still maybe get, maybe she could get the popular vote, but, but electorally, I don't trust that this country is prepared to accept her as a president if she runs. She's a fucking black woman. Mm-hmm. And this country is crazy fucking racist. And, and you know, of course mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, I, I think the majority of us kind of aren't. But, you know, I think a lot of us are. And too many of us are like full-on white supremacy. You know, I mean, there's some mm-hmm. people that just, maybe they have some biases against black people. They're not the kind of person that would say the N-word, but they have prejudices and biases that maybe keep them from either voting a certain way or feeling a certain way, but they're not hus- hostile, you know. But there's mm-hmm. shitload, millions of people in this country are hostile against black and brown people and women mm-hmm. and, and women leaders. You know, Gretchen Whitmer, was her life was in danger because of these ma- these MAGA people wanting to mm-hmm. kidnap her you know i mean h- how many times have you heard about men uh like these the, the men's wanting... lives being threatened right i mean they are threatened but like a full-on plot to kidnap mm-hmm. they did it because she's a woman mm-hmm. and it frightens Gross. me because it's like joe biden better fucking stay healthy and run he said he's going to run in 2024 and he fucking better <laughs> it's we all need to send joe, him joe biden love. said he's going to run in 2024 yeah i mean i think they said are you going to run again and he said yes um, I mean, obviously providing, you know, he's How feeling can okay. He? I don't even, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. I know. I know what you're saying about Kamala because I feel like, um, I, I worry that, um, there aren't enough Democrats who would support a black woman. Exactly. And it's Democrats. Yeah. It that's scares right. the shit out of me. Cause we, cause we can't, we can't get our shit together. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine who's in politics locally um, and you know, uh, obviously, I, anybody that's listened to us before knows I ran for Oakland City Council mm-hmm. and COVID, and I lost, and that's brutal. And had it not been COVID, I think I would have taken it. But mm-hmm. that maybe me having a giant ego and uh, inflating <laughs> my my you know having a too high an opinion of myself, but I would have knocked doors like a beast. oh yes, and, and it, I you know, know that, you would have that's that's a fact, Jack. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I, I think Democrats and progressives sometimes. You know, people just aren't in in the solution, and people can't see like what's best for people. Mm-hmm. And and of these, I, I, you know, they start splitting hairs, mm-hmm. and it becomes you know infighting. When I think we all really want the same yeah, things. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, uh, police being held accountable. Mm-hmm. Some people want police abolished you know and and so that's that's a conversation where 
you know, how do you work towards that? Because that just doesn't happen overnight. And how can we meet at a place where people are safe and where people where you know, people of color are not being murdered by mm-hmm. corrupt police and, mm-hmm. and by murderous police officers, blah, 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 blah. But people need housing. People need mm-hmm. health care. Kids need to be educated. Folks need to be paid um, to work, you know, in, in, in jobs where you know, we root out racism in all of our systems and institutions. And like, don't we all want that? Yeah. And the answer is no, (laughs) not all Democrats want that. Mm -hmm. And so how do we rally those Democrats that do? Because I do believe there are more of us Mm -hmm. than there are of the Democrats that don't want those things. I agree with you, yes. So how do we rally, stop the splitting pairs, stop the infighting and say, hey, we may not agree on absolutely everything, but the really big things we do so let's mm-hmm. band together get the right people I, I i don't know maybe i'm oversimplifying well things. no but you're right and i mean i was talking to kirk acevedo the other day and basically what i think we should do is i think democrats need to figure out what all the leaders not just congress people not just democratic party leaders but everybody like barack obama or you know whether they're a high pro- profile actor advocate um Mm-hmm. All these people need to have a unified message, and I strongly believe. Well, one thing, one thing, Kirk Acevedo said because he's really hitting the idea that Democrats have to focus on the Latino population, and he was talking about how they're not a monolith, and you know, I mean, there's there's a way to communicate with them, but Democrats are failing at doing it. And one little simple thing he he suggested was that like maybe the bare minimum that Joe Biden could tweet out in Spanish once a week. And that's just the bare minimum. But I think that what needs to happen, I think Biden should have fireside chats and, and inform America of the threat of white supremacy and fasci- fascism. Mm-hmm. Not in a partisan way, not being mm-hmm. you know like anti-Republican, but pointing mm-hmm. out the people who are engaging in fas- the, the, is it fascistic behavior and white supremacy. And he needs to, because the thing, and I, and I maintain this, because if you think about it, you've got all these people who aren't paying attention, they're just working, and they're living their lives, and they're feeding their kids, and mostly they're getting their news from headlines, maybe a little bit at the nightly news. So if Democrats aren't pounding this into the fucking ground, if, if, it, if they are, I should reverse that and say, if Democrats pound it into the ground, it's going to make the headlines. It's going to make the nightly news. It's going to get the attention of people who aren't political junkies. And mm-hmm. they'll go, oh, okay, well, we've got this danger. And I mean, obviously, it's there's going to be some people who would reject it. But I think that the most part, like you said, most people, they have, you know, they need to know democracy is teetering. They need to know. Because a lot mm-hmm. of them just don't know, and they don't fucking vote. Half the country doesn't vote. And, it, and the Democrats need to, I think, unify and, and have this unified messaging, just like the Republicans have unified messaging. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Every fucking other week, fucking Biden needs to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, do a fireside chat, talk to the American people, be real with them. He's really fucking good at it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and have Kamala Harris do something similar. Explain to people what's going on. Explain how close we are to losing everything, but without causing a panic. But saying, you know, but putting out there the urgency, you know, Kamala said, 
democracies are not guaranteed. It's something we have to work for and fight for every fucking day of our lives. And so that's the kind of messaging that needs to, and, and the thing is, is it will reach those people if they, ha if they just pound it. But if they don't and they act normal as far as pre-Trump protocol, if we do everything the way we did it before we dealt with Trump, we're going to lose. I mean, we did a good job. Stacey Abrams is fucking amazing and she should be running everything. But it's like she's one woman. And granted, she's one woman with a huge army behind her. But still, we, we need like 10 times that. We need the grassroots well, and all of it. Yeah, the grassroots is what I, I was part of through the Latino Victory Fund. I found out about how to do outreach in Georgia during the special Senate elections. And, um, and I attended... I, I did call time in English and Spanish for um, Reverend Warnock and oh no, Senator Warnock and um, and Ossoff mm -hmm. through the Latino Victory Fund and through um, uh, Georgia Latino organizations where it was get out the vote for Latinos in Georgia, which is incredibly becoming increasingly like the Latino population is just like the number of of people that were turning 18 mm -hmm. in Georgia with some astronomical number. I can't remember the figures, but like doing that outreach and speaking to people and mm -hmm. meeting them sort of, you know, where they're at kind of thing, being ready to do it in, in either English or Spanish depending, mm -hmm. um, was unbelievably effective. And the, t the voter turnout mm -hmm. for the Latino population for black population was huge. But Stacey Abrams, uh, got together with people from Mi Familia Vota, mm -hmm. with the Latino Victory Fund. I attended a a Zoom with her and and Luis Miranda, who's the you know you know who, Lin Manuel's father, who's yes. um yes he's the chairman of of the board at, at Latino Victory. It was amazing. So she's not just she's doing granular shit that I don't think people are even aware yeah. of how hard. That woman She's works. Fucking amazing. And what occurred to me at that moment was, if if groups from, you know, African American voting groups, and there are and there are so many, um, you know, not just nationally, but on the state level, on the county level, and and if people get together and work towards a common goal, mm -hmm. like watching these Latino voting groups and, and groups that Stacey Abrams was bringing to the table come together, they turned that in mm -hmm. Georgia. Yes, and I was in did. California just being a part of it. But that's the kind of stuff, and we can never let up. That's the kind of stuff mm -hmm. that wins elections. That's the kind of stuff that's going to keep us, that's going to keep our democracy intact. And so we can't let up. And I, I was talking to some woman in the airport yesterday, because I'll, I'll talk to any human being. <laughs> yeah. But um, I had on my, on my suitcase um, an impeachment now that I got from Claude Taylor. Mm -hmm. Remember when that happened? Like the minute the inauguration happened and yes. there was impeachment now and I had and she looked at me and she goes she was on her way she was going Oakland to then Spokane and so you don't know what you're going to get with Spokane I, I I just I don't know and she goes where'd you get that sticker <laughs> and I said oh god I got it the minute after the inauguration and she goes yeah we got to get him out of there and I mm. go oh no she's talking about Biden and I said oh I'm not talking about Biden <laughs> This was for Trump, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, we're Trump. We we uh. we can't stand him." And then she went off, <laughs> and she goes, "She goes as a white person, I'm I'm ashamed yeah. 
I'm ashamed of the behaviors. And she goes, what can I do? And she was in a wheelchair. Hmm. And so like, she's, you know, she goes, what can I do? I'm, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in the chair. I, you know, I can't go out and knock doors. I said, call your local democratic club and say, I've got a phone and I've got a computer. Who can I call? What district are we, are we working on in the state to try to flip them to blue? Where can I do out? And, and she was like, okay. Cause people, I don't think know they're like, people feel helpless mm-hmm. and like I've got yes. my vote and that's great and I got my bumper stickers mm-hmm. and I got my t-shirts and whatever but how can I do stuff outside of of my you know enclave of progressiveness and so anyway I don't know I just I feel like yeah. there are more of us than there are of them right um yeah so there are to, but to... you know there were more of us in 2016 and we saw what happened there so it's like we have to be really 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 diligent we have to do the work yeah, we have to do. We the have work. to. We have to step outside of our comfort zones. We have to be willing to walk if we can walk, right. to knock, to call, to make donations if that's something that we can do. To be willing to post it on social media. I mean, that's, you know, and th- that's that's stepping outside of a mm-hmm. comfort zone for a lot of folks. Yeah, you know, um, but I like I, I'm I look at this as do or die. I mean, look at what's happening to Roe, and it's just going to be gutted gutted at the Supreme Court level and we're going to have to, you know, people, women are going to uh, have to rely on safe haven states like, you know, California, Nevada, for example, or they're going to re- they're, they're going to start doing home, you know, home, home abortions and women are going to die. And so I view this as, you know, lives are on the line mm-hmm. and yeah. truly and democracy, our democracy is at stake. So there's no letting up. And, you know, I, Yes, I'm I'm getting older, but I will I will fight. Yeah. I will fight. And yeah, well, whatever yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> just, God it's all so over I know you gotta go. But um first of all, I just wanna say I'm so glad it's so nice to talk to you. I mean I could just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, well, I know. I, there's a few people that I can just like endlessly talk with and you are definitely one of them. Um but it, it we are actually recording on Sunday for those of you who don't know and are still listening, uh, just because I figured it might be easier for you since you do have a job and this way you don't have to take any time out of your work day to do it. So it is Sunday and um, I know you have to go spend time with your family and uh, I'm just so grateful to talk to you and know you and I'm glad that you had the time to be on the show because a lot of people have commented how they missed you and of course you'll be back, but you know, you just got to do your thing and we'll touch base when we can. Yes, we can. I can I give a shout out to Andrew, who um, um, a longtime listener mm-hmm. and uh, friend, you know, uh, of the show and and of ours. And I was I was going through my personal emails, and I came across um, an email that he had sent me. Gosh, it must have been a couple weeks ago now, and I was um, shocked. I you know I get hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of emails, all political. Yeah. And it, it somehow got lost in the fray. Anyway, hi, Andrew. And um, <laughs> he's so sweet to ask about my mom. You are yeah. so sweet. And I'm hoping he's listening. Um, <laughs> and anyway, it, it's just good to be back. And I would love to do this with you any Sunday. Um, you'll have me. Awesome. Well, and hey, Andrew. And hey, Ziggy. And hey, everybody who comments. And hey, hey, hey all of my patrons. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting the show. I absolutely appreciate it. So before, you know, I always say this before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. 
Oh, hey. <laughs> so um, I love Twitter. It's my favorite, at Steph for Oakland, S-T-E-P-H-F-O-R, Oakland. Um, it, it's just, it, it's it's an absolute joy to be back with you. Of course. And, um, and if you, you know what? Um, support Planned Parenthood. Yes, Wherever absolutely. you are, support your local affiliate. Um, and, and, and if, you know, uh, bodily autonomy is something that's important to mm-hmm. you, whether you're a man or a woman or a non-binary person or someone who supports transgender health care. Yes. Find your local um, Planned Parenthood affiliate and throw them a couple of bucks because that's money that is that goes directly to boots on the ground health care that is given to anybody, no matter what, no questions asked. Awesome. And um, if I could just throw that out there. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's always good to help <laughs> always good to help the Planned Parenthood and you know you can find me at author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y on Twitter don't forget that extra E at the end and my books are on Amazon you can find them there and give them good reviews if you like them so it was so awesome to talk to you Stephanie thank you for being on thank you for having me honey and I miss (laughs) you and I want to see you and I think you know maybe this will be our year yes maybe it will be oh my god it's been so crazy All right. Well, you take care. All right. Take care. Love you guys. Thank you, Relief. Bye.